0: be. Hey guys, thanks for uh, social distancing. Uh, Even though you may be in a different building, you're here with us. A happy Father's Day to all the fathers that were honored and mothers that were honored. And uh, I just, I, I am excited about today because I want to, along with wishing you all a happy Father's Day and honoring mothers as well, I'm, I'm just grateful that I can be back in my father's house on this Father's Day. And I want to share with you a message entitled, A Conversation with My Father. Now, during the message, if at any time you feel uncomfortable your mask is getting a little heavy. If, if, if feel free to go outside. You can. You can still hear. You can sit on the porch and hear. You can go outside and stand by the door. Just take off your mask. Get a relief from it. But at any time, you you just need a break from it. Uh, hopefully, I won't. Uh, then I'll get Pastor Bonnie to fill in. Uh, <laughs> but uh, feel free that at any time, you know, while I'm speaking, I I will not call you out. Hey, where are you going or anything? you know, have the freedom as well as in building B as well, have the freedom to step out and uh, just take a break from it. A conversation with my father. This picture was taken in April of 2014, 11 months before my father passed away. It was the last time that I can remember having him out for dinner down in Lexington, Virginia. And we always had a tradition uh, while my father was alive. Every day when I went home from work, I would call my father. And I miss those conversations. I, I have to say, I miss those conversations. And the conversation would always go like this. Hey, Dad. And he would say, hey, Freddie. That's what he called me, hey, Freddie. I said, hey, how's your Prudential stocks doing? He worked for Prudential and had a lot of stocks with Prudential stocks. And he would always get the morning paper to see how the stocks were doing. And then in the afternoon, he would call his friend George Wack or my Uncle Bill because they were more tech-savvy and check the Prudential stocks. And I said, hey, how are your stocks doing today? Ah, they're either they're good or they're bad. You know, we laugh. And then it would be, how's the weather? How are you feeling? What are you doing for dinner? And then he would always ask, hey, how's the church doing? He was always concerned about that. But, but I miss having a conversation with my dad. But would you join me this morning in having a conversation with our Heavenly Father? Would you do that? Would you, could you just change your position for me? Could you stand? And can we have a conversation with our Heavenly Father? Would you join me? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. Now you may be thinking to yourself, that's not a conversation. That's a prayer. But let me ask you, isn't prayer conversing with God? And not all conversations are two ways. If you were with Heather and I yesterday morning at the pier at Ocean Grove, there sat a lady alongside of us. All of a sudden she picked up her phone. She called someone. She talked nonstop for 20 minutes without even taking a breath. In fact... During the conversation, Heather thinks, said, I don't even think she's talking to anybody real. I think she's just talking to her phone. I mean, she just went, la, 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 and she never took a breath for 20 minutes. All I was thinking of is the poor person over on the other side. A conversation sometimes is not two ways, but what's, what's cool about the New Testament is in the New Testament, we get to observe a conversation from time to time that Jesus had with his Father through prayer. And what I want to do this morning is I want to take a look at probably the most famous prayer in the New Testament, the Lord's Prayer. And what I want to do is I just, I want to show you what the father and son's relationship was made of as a result of that conversation. And maybe perhaps we can pattern relationships that we have with one another from the pattern that the father and son had uh, together. First, this is what I took note of. He has respect and honor for his father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed. Now there's a confusing word. An, an old English word, hallowed. I don't, do we ever use that in our vocabulary today? And a lot of people think, well what's hallowed? That must be a, a confusing word. It's, it's really a simple word. It simply means holy, set apart, sanctified. And what Jesus was saying in his relationship to his Father He was showing his father respect by saying, Dad, you are holy. You are set apart. You are sanctified. If there's one thing that I value most in relationships, it's respect. Wives, love your husbands. No, husbands, love your wives. Wives... Respect, the Bible says, your husband. Now, when I think of respect, the word means set apart. It means that the father is unique. He's special. He's important. And I believe God has created earthly fathers to be unique, important, and special. However, over the past 30 years, Hollywood has not been kind to fathers in how they portray fathers through different sitcoms. You know, the days of Father Knows Best. You remember that show? (laughs) They're, they're, They're long gone. Now, respect is something you can't demand. As soon as you, as a father, say to your child, I demand respect from you. Respect is something that's earned. And what we see here is that the father earned the son's respect by being a man of his word. Everything he said, he did. Dads, you're not going to earn respect. People, you're not going to earn respect with one another if you say one thing and then do something else. But be people of integrity. I think one of the things that well, we lack most today is respect for one another. The father and the son had a respect. Secondly, from this prayer, I see that Jesus knew or Jesus knows his, that his father has a spiritual plan. Jesus knows that his father has a spiritual plan. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. What is Jesus saying here? He's recognizing, hey dad, you're in control. You have a plan. You're in control. How many heard this growing up? Just wait till your father gets home. When I think of a spiritual plan I can go way back in the Bible The three sons of Noah Knew their father had a plan Bible says Noah was a righteous man He walked with God And when God told him to build an ark Despite the ridicule Despite the being made fun of Noah had a spiritual plan for his family to spare them from God's judgment. Here's another one for you. How about Job? In Job chapter 1, around verse 5, it says, early in the morning, Job would rise and he would make sacrifices for his children in case they had cursed God, in case they had rebelled against God. And I'm sure that All of Job's sons and daughters saw their father making sacrifices for them early in the morning. They knew their father had a spiritual plan for them. And how about Joshua? In Joshua 24, verse 15, Joshua says to the Israelites, Choose you this day who you will serve. And if you think that serving God is foolish, then so be it. But then Joshua said these words to his family. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. His children knew that their father had a spiritual plan for them. It was sophomore year in high school. I was on the varsity wrestling team. Let me first say this. Growing up as a child, I never got up on a Sunday morning wondering if I was going to go to church or not. You just went. We never had a choice. Never once, the only time I can ever remember getting up on a Sunday morning wondering if we're going to church is when we were on vacation. It wasn't a choice, we just went. Sophomore year, it was a Saturday night. We had a wrestling match. The JV was wrestling. And as the JV was wrestling, our coach told us because of a couple snow days that uh, we have a makeup match on Monday afternoon. Therefore, he's calling a practice Sunday at 10 o'clock. I go up into the stands where my mom and dad were sitting. I said, hey, mom, dad, I got to be here tomorrow at 10 o'clock. We have wrestling practice. My father says, no, you don't. And then he said these five words I'll never forget. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And about three minutes later, I see him on the gym floor with Mr. Van Arsdale. He was the athletic director and the wrestling coach, Mr. Hall. Mr. Hall, Bobby Hall, was a very expressive man. And all I saw, the wrestling coach is just going like this. I see my dad talking and all of a sudden, right before our match, the wrestling coach says this. Hey guys, there's a little correction. Tomorrow's practice will be at 1 o'clock instead of 10 o'clock for those who have to or want to go to church. I knew as a child of my father's spiritual plan for his family. Make sure dads, moms, you have a spiritual plan for your family. Third, he knows his father will take care of him. Give us this day The latest in technology equipment. No. Give your daughters this day the Louis Vuitton pocketbook. No. Did I say that right? Give us this day our daily bread. What's daily bread? Daily bread is a basic necessity that is needed to sustain life. What happens a lot of times is, as fathers, we'll inundate our kids with a bunch of stuff and think that makes up for time we don't spend with them. Jesus knew. He knows that his father will take care of him. Our children need to know, moms, dads, that we will take care of them. Just a chapter later, Jesus says this. Which of you, if a son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? He's a good, good Father who knows exactly what we need. I hadn't planned on doing this, but actually, about three o'clock this morning, I was thinking of a special time I had with my Father. In 1969, I was in fifth grade. And the fall of 1969, something very important happened. The New York Mets won the World Series. Some people always say, how come you're a Mets fan? Because at, when you're in fifth grade at the age of nine, age of 10, that's very impressionable years. And the Mets won the World Series. What even made it more special is that spring, I would become eligible for Little League. We didn't have T-ball back then. Little League began at the fifth grade. So one of the things that I was very fortunate for is I didn't have a father who tried to live his life through me in those sports days. You know how some dads will try to relive their life through the lives of their children in sports? My dad was not very athletic at all. So I remember April 23rd, 1970, turning 10 years old after the Mets had won in 1969 in the fall. I remember for that birthday, my dad took me down to the Spruce Run sporting goods store and he bought me a baseball mitt to get his son ready for Little League. Those were the days when you put a ball, and remember, you put a belt, you oil it to break in the glove. Remember those days? They were so cool. And I started playing Little League. That year for summer vacation, do you know where we went? We went to Cooperstown, New York, to the... Baseball Hall of Fame. And that's a field in Coopersburg. That's me, the age of five. No, Pastor Jamal, that red hat is not a St. Louis Cardinal hat. If you look at that red hat, it has a C for caliphon. That was my little league hat. And there's the glove that dad bought me there. And while we were there, he bought me a Mets jacket. And on the back, it has a Number. Anybody want to take a guess? Whose number I put on the back of my Mets coat? 41? You got to think center field. Number 20, Tommy Agee. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just like Tommy Agee. He had three specific, uh, two catches that third game of the World Series. Unbelievable. But here's the story. (laughs) It wasn't about the gifts that made that trip so special. We had a camping trailer, so we would camp. I remember setting up camp. And this is what my father did. Before that trip. He went over to the neighbor's house, Mr. Wardell and says, Hey, you got an extra ball glove laying around that I could borrow? unbeknownst to me, we set up camp. He says, hey, son, let's play catch. But dad, you don't have a mitt. He says, yeah, I do. I borrowed one from the neighbors. And it was the first time I remember having, remember those days of playing catch with dad? You see, it was more than material. It was time. Time. Are you meeting your child's need through spending time, quality time? Well, we need to move on. He learned from his father. He learns from his father what forgiveness really is. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those, our debtors. (sighs) All right, dads, moms, let's be honest. Right here is where it becomes hard. Why do you say it becomes hard? (sighs) Because kids can be frustrating at times. No. (laughs) Kids can just be frustrating. I was never that lazy at their age. I never talk back to my father. And on and on and on we'll go. And on. About how frustrating sometimes our kids can be. But then I think about... Our Heavenly Father, how many times has he forgiven you again and again and again and again and again? And he must think, boy, how annoying are you? And that's where forgiveness comes in. This week, I was thinking, as I read scripture, sometimes I try to put myself in the place of whom I'm reading about. I was reading the story of the prodigal son. I started reading the book, Henry Newman's book on a, the prodigal son again. And can you imagine being the father of that son? I mean, you're not even dead yet. You're not even ill yet. And your youngest son comes to you and says, Dad, give me my share of the inheritance. What would that do to you as a father that that money was not even his yet until you actually died? And he says, Dad, I want my money now before you're dead. How many would say, You ain't getting it, son? How many would say, you can have it, but I never want to see you again. But this father gives his son his portion of the inheritance. How that must have hurt that father. But despite the hurt, what do we read in Scripture? that every day that father would look out at the horizon just longing to see his son return. Jesus learns from his father. We learn from our heavenly father all about forgiveness. Fifth, he knows his father will lead him in the right ways and lead us not into temptation. Listen. I I need to move on here. Let me just say it this way. Teenagers, kids, very rarely learn from what you say, but they'll imitate everything you do. Did you hear me? we live our life if you live it one way in church and another way in the home they see the hypocrisy and you lead them to the same temptation Jesus learns from his father because his father was never hypocritical His father was never two-faced. His father was always righteous and holy, set apart where he had the respect of his son. And as he has the respect of his son, his son knew that my father will always lead me in the right paths because he won't say one thing and do another. And last, as we finish this step, I had some more there, but let me just finish this up. He is willing to follow where his father leads. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Whose kingdom is it? It's God's kingdom. Whose power is it? It's God's power. Whose glory is it? It's God's glory. Never, moms, dads, never forget that all that you have your family, your spouse, your material possessions, your family. It's really not yours. It's God's. Everything belongs to God. Therefore, it's not your kingdom that you have built. It's not your business that you have built. It's not your family that you have raised. It's God's family. It's not the power that you exhibit in your home. It's God's power. And if you get any glory and honor from being a father or a mom, remember who gave it to you. It all belongs to God. What I learned about a father-son relationship through a conversation that Jesus had with his father. Hallowed be your name. Dad, I respect you. Boy, how we need more respect for one another these days. Dad, you've taught me the right paths because you set forth an example. Dad, I realize that you had a spiritual plan and thank you for showing me it. Dad, thank you for giving me time, care. Thank you for not giving me everything I asked for, but thank you for being there when I needed you. Give us this day our daily bread dad thank you for teaching me what it means to forgive how to love how to care and dad thank you that everything we have you have always showed me through humility that it's all gods would you join me in bowing your heads at this time